Hello and welcome to the Legends of Tabletop podcast. We're going to be doing our post-Necronomicon 2022 show today. I have a couple of awesome guests with me. Uh, I'll let them introduce. I'll start uh, next to me with Chris. Uh, hello, I'm Chris. I attended Necronomicon for the first time this year after seeing, watching everybody talk about it excitedly in 2019. And um regretting that i hadn't worked up the nerve yet to do so and i ran some games and went to panels and john invited me on so uh hello everyone and chris is i pwned on the mu discord for anybody who's following around later on and, and good and friends next- and modern with us <laughs> <laughs> all, <laughs> all the podcasts <laughs> and that lovely voice that you heard is bridget uh, yeah, hi everyone. My name is Bridget Jeffries of Symphony Entertainment, which is kind of like my tabletop role-playing game hub of all things horror tabletop um, gaming related. Um, Necronomicon 2022 was also my very first year, and it wasn't that I had to um, work up the nerve. I just needed to work up the knowledge base to even know that this con existed. So it wasn't until I started working <laughs> with the Miskatonic University podcast. They're like, oh my god, Necronomicon is like the best con. It walks on water. It's the best thing ever. And I'm like, what? Where is it? Y'all are going to Rhode Island for a con? <laughs> really? And y'all are excited about it? Wait, it only happens every two years? Okay, I mean, I guess. It, am I not cool if I don't go? Which is how I ended up there this year. And last but not least. Um... Hi, I'm, I'm Oscar Rios. I'm, uh, <laughs> He's so excited. <laughs> author, game designer, publisher, any award-winning guy. Um, I was a guest at uh, Necronomicon. Uh, this year, um, I've been to. I went. I was. I haven't gotten to any of the ancient Necronomicons, but I was there in uh, thirteen, fifteen, nineteen, and twenty-two. I missed seventeen due to severe burnout, and everyone thought I was either getting divorced or dying of cancer because um, I wasn't there. So I'm like, oh, I can't miss. I can't miss any of these again. Um, which says a lot about our community you know this is where we get together this is where we get to see each other um and and bridget that's why everyone was saying i mean could you throw a dead cat in necron in in <laughs> providence without hitting a cthulhu nerd that weekend nope we you surely we could not take over the goddamn town <laughs> um it's like the it's like that blind melon video. We find all the other bees, except we're, we're you know we're squids <laughs> and deep ones and 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 shagoths and anyway. I mean, you know, I mean, Chris, it was your first one too. I mean, did you ever feel more in your tribe? It was it was a great experience. Um, I got you know, I, I live in a you know kind of semi rural area. There aren't a lot of people with the same interests. Mm-hmm. And most of my social networks are on these discords and actually being able to meet the people that I'm talking to every day and, you know, have face to face conversations, share a meal, share a drink, get crushed by Bridget. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> my hugs uh, are legendary, know. apparently. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you know, that that that's what made the 16 hour drive worth it. Well, how, wait, how long again? 16 hours yeah so um lesson learned from this one is if it won't fit in a plane or a train i'm not taking it with me yeah (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, Oscar, to your point, something I thought was just really fascinating because like, okay, we're at a gaming convention. And usually when you're at a gaming convention, you're around other gamers. Aha, you establish that. But there are so many different um, niches and genres and types of gaming. The movie people, like, you know, the literary right? people, the histor- historian people. For everything to be so every- hyper-focused on Lovecraft, one, that was just like... What everyone here knows what Cthulhu is. Everyone here understands what Lovecraft is. And that's not just in the con center itself. Like, John, it was a trip going through the city and sitting at a random tavern or restaurant and seeing, like, a Shoggoth drawing on the wall. Like, you people know yeah. what that is? What yep. what city is this? And why did I not <laughs> It's the it city before? where it all started, baby. This <laughs> is Mecca. <laughs> but those oblivious people. This is our Mecca. This is Cthulhu Palooza weekend. <laughs> 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 and and I feel like they embrace it too. I mean, like you said, some of the bar, we you know, Murphy said stuff. We pump so much money into that economy yeah. for there those four days. Honey. It's like we live on the thing of us. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're we're older and cleaner than most gamer nerds. Okay. We've we've got better income, you know. So yeah, you know, it's not like it's not like the Gen Con crowd that they've got to close all the restaurants at twelve. You know, well, and not only that, it, it's a nice size con. I mean, I uh, I asked Niels while we were there, and he was he didn't have official numbers, but he thought there was maybe about fourteen, fifteen hundred people this year, and that's I mean that's a nice size because you see the same people all weekend. Yeah, you know, there's enough people that there's everybody's around, but it's not mm-hmm. like you know, like you say Gen Con, a hundred thousand people, like you just can't move around like that's that's just not fun <laughs> and, uh, I, I don't, and, I don't. and that you know i like the idea of gen con i like the idea of dragon con that kind of a crush of people is not something i could cope with mm. and especially right now too with, with with all the covid stuff right like in a normal year i didn't like it before pandemic <laughs> for, for sure 100 percent. i wouldn't do gen con myself it's too many people for me i don't like it um but you know, 1,500 people, 2,000 people. We have a couple of local cons here. You know, they're 200, 600 mm-hmm. people. It's nice. It's it's almost like a family reunion because you just see all the same people all the time, um, and especially for the local ones because sometimes you just see them around randomly. You know? Yeah, agreed. Uh, and that 1,400, not only is it kind of like a sweet spot, you know, attendance number for me, it's also separated out in between two hotels that are a couple true. blocks yep. from each other. So it kind of like divides that number again, where you start mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, circling your people in the Devender Hall or the people that are staying at the Omni or the ones that are staying at the Biltmore. So it also makes it a little bit more palatable, the fact that it's spread out and not all just stacked into one hotel. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, now for, for Chris and Bridget, since this was both your first years coming out, was there anything in particular that stood out like as your first time coming out that like, oh, that was just like the best thing? Hmm. Oh, do I answer like alphabetically or chronologically? Um, <laughs> Jesus, so much good stuff happened at that con. Chris, do you have idea off the top of your head while I ramble uh, around in gotta, my head? You got to uh, pick honestly, that memory, that, that memory. That, like, I had a good time at Necronomicon because... And that's the memory. Whatever yeah, popped I, in your I, head. I think, I think what defines my first Necronomicon for me is Wednesday night at Murphy's. You know, we completely slammed them. There was just one poor guy in the kitchen to start. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was yeah. one server. They were not prepared at all for us. They did eventually get more help in, as I understand. But, you know, we were sitting there. You know, We started with like 10 of us. Then there were 12 of us. Then there were 17 of us. And, you know, every time somebody walks in, of course, the whole group is, yay! And, you know, through the course of the evening, we just get louder and louder and louder. And, you know, you know, I get to 
you know, hang out with the Mup folks who I talked mm-hmm. to and, and, you know, help moderate the discord. I, I got to say hello to Paul Fricker. I got, you know, you know the things like that. It, it's that I think defines the entirety of Necronomicon and then everything else you can, you can see it as, as kind of fulfilling that same emotional need mm-hmm. as that same first night that everyone mm-hmm. was showing up. No, solid example. If I'm following Oscar's advice, it was Oscar. Do you remember what you just said? The phrase like, but, but, but. you had a good, you, I had a great time at Necronomicon because I had a great time at Necronomicon because I got to meet all you guys in person. This is the first time me meeting John. This is my first time meeting Chris, even though we have gamed and orbit and circled around each other. I have been annoying Oscar on his Facebook page for the past two years. <laughs> <laughs> smothering Golden Goblin Plus with like affection and love and hype girlness but I I, I never met him I don't think we had even corresponded via email at that point it was just I actually checked my messages and I saw that you'd messaged me a couple of times about joining the I am Red Hook movement was that me? yes back when we announced that that we were going to (laughs) be starting a whole initiative wow that was like what a couple years back that was I that was I think seven the that was 15 15 that was or, a long oh yeah because you didn't go to 17 yeah yeah holy cow was i even yep. in horror gaming in 2015 lord have mercy or but it like, might have been it might have been 19 i'm not sure listen but, um, it, those last but, three years are washed it's okay <laughs> <laughs> like i got to meet keeper murph and keeper dave for the very first time so what i enjoy most about necronomicon if i'm just jumping out there on the platform and just ah let's go is meeting people face to face and being able to spend quality time with them because i didn't have a schedule uh, yeah. Murph was very particular. Do not make a schedule. Do not run a bunch of games. Do not sign up for a bunch of games. Keep your schedule loose because you're going to get pulled in all these directions, meet all these people. And I'm just like, that doesn't sound like any convention I've ever been to. So I'll listen to you maybe 50% of the way and still schedule some of my schedule and then leave the rest open. And my open schedule got devoured by people I got a chance to sit down and love on. Yep. Yep. And that every year, it's every year, every other year, whenever we get to go. Um, that that's always the thing. It's it's just it's the people. It's the community. It it it's getting ready to just like sit and have a beer with Glancy, or you know to to have you know sit and, and have drinks with you over at, at Murphy's. Yeah, uh, just all those experiences. Like we took um, we took Chris Lackey out for a lunch one one year. Just you know, just it was me, him, and a buddy of mine, and we just sat. Over Blake's or Murph's, one or the other, it's the same thing. Um, and it just <laughs> had a conversation. It was quiet. Nobody was around. Like, it just all those little things. Like, this year, I've never gamed at Necronomicon because it eats up so much time. Mm. You know, you're, you're four hours of FaceTime with, you know, just a couple of people. And Oscar had a slot open up in one of his games. He's, oh, all my games are sold out. I was like, ah, all right, well, that's, you know, whatever. And then I went back to go look, and there was a seat open. And I was like, somebody must have canceled. And so, yeah. it's a first, we he's been running games for the podcast for over a year years now. Yeah. And we never played physically face. together. Yeah. Right. Right. So it, was great. it was amazing. Okay. So now I have to ask you, what was uh, something huge, significant, memorable that sticks out to playing in person with Oscar Rios? I mean, just, just, you know, for me, just because we've played so much together to be able to sit down and do it is, is just, 
it was just amazing just to be together. Right. Yeah. Like that's the, you know, like this is cool. And, you know, we play games and, you know, like, like, you know, Chris, my social circle is online. I don't have a lot of people that I interact with here in Arizona. So like everybody is somewhere and like my, you know, my buddy Jesse came out cause he lives up in Massachusetts. My buddy John came out and like, I left the con on Sunday. John came up and I left, we went, and we, we spent the rest of the day together. And like, that's the whole weekend for me. Like that yeah. makes all of travel and the money and, you know, COVID risk and all that stuff makes it all worthwhile for that, you know, just for those experiences. And yeah. It, it's <laughs> What about you, Oscar? Uh, huh. Oh, I was, I was very, for me, it was an honor. Um, it was an honor to to represent <laughs> a certain demographic at a very high level um, uh, as a gaming guest of honor and a, a, a person of color. Um, and, you know, uh, as someone who lives and breathes everything HP Lovecraft would have fucking hated, um, you know, Hispanic New Yorker, gaming guest of honor. That fucker was turning in his grave the entire time I was in that city. And that's <laughs> totally fine with me. Um, not as an in-your-face, but as a way to stand and show the community that it is more than just X. You know, it's a big circle of everyone. Um, you know, cosmic horror doesn't differ, or, you know, that doesn't doesn't differentiate. It's it's equally horrible no matter who you are. So for me, that was that was a great honor, and it was a great honor to be in so many amazing panels with so many amazing people um, and lend my voice, especially in the ones where I was the only gamer. You know, I was in panels where I'm the only dirty gamer nerd and it's all professional mainstream authors and academics and scholars. And here I am the dirty, the dirty, you know, gamer nerd, but I held my own, like my voice was heard you know, and I was part of that chorus. So just to stand up for my my slice of the pie, the RPG Cthulhu, and my slice of the demographic as a minority creator, it was just a great honor. I mean, it was a total highlight of my career. I almost killed myself with the schedule, um, and I was half dead when I left, but I would do, do it again in a heartbeat. Yeah, you had a lot of things going on. I think I recorded at least two of the panels you were on and was in one of your games. So. I ran three games. I was in five panels. Oh God. And I did an author reading. Hmm. That's, a, <laughs> that's a full boat. Um, and you know, um, I was at the ball and the, and the guest of honor cocktail party. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I had a couple of industry meetings. I, 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 I scheduled meetings with people. Um, so yeah, it was, oh, and, and we were vending at the booth. So I made appearances at the booth. Thank God for our booth goblin Dorsey shout out. Um, you saved us. Um, yeah, it was a lot, but it was totally worth it. I'm still tired. I was going to say, I'm tired for you. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. By the way, I don't know if you heard the rumor about that booth, but that booth started being called the super booth. 
it was always busy. There was always all this traffic to it. It has so much good content. Like I'd be walking around, like, have you been by the it super booth? I was like, yeah, I have. <laughs> it was stuffed. I mean, I think there were like seven little publishers and yeah, you know, by our powers combined, super booth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My my anal retentive New York ass was there before the gamer room and uh, before the person running the booth was there to let us in. We were there and had our shit down on our corner. It was like I literally I got my displays. The the rest of you can figure it out. This is where my <laughs> shit is. <laughs> Am I remembering right that your booth was right next to the the guy who was in the face tentacles and destroying his yep. vocal cords the entire time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it was stuffed with every square inch. Uh, my I had the black racks on the corner of that whole menagerie. Yeah, I got a few things from there. I don't remember who all publisher was, but doesn't matter. <laughs> we were, we were all, we were all in it Everybody. together. <laughs> Whoever you gave money to, I'm sure they appreciated it <laughs> for sure at the super booth. <laughs> so this was something that, um, the Miskatonic university podcast guys wa- uh, warned me about. And actually Mike Diamond at <clears throat> the old ways too about brace yourself for the vendor hall, because you're going to rate, you're getting ready to trick off more money than you could ever possibly imagine. I am very proud of myself. I made it out of there spending $22 and that was on a Necronomicon shirt. I was actually able <laughs> not to do this at every, at every booth. How did you guys do? Not asking for monetary drops, but like, did you drop a mortgage? Were you okay? I got myself, everybody? I got myself two t-shirts from um, Psycho because I love those fucking guys. Um, and I've had a relationship with them forever. I would have loved to have dropped some money on the HPLHS booth, but I got all their shit already. Um, <laughs> and they hadn't come out with anything really new. Uh, I meant to pick up the sea shanties one. I just, the blur of time. Mm. Um, my wife got me an amazing idol uh, called the Lady of Innsmouth. Which cool. I've got, it's, I've got pictures of it on my Facebook page. Um, when we were driving up on the long drive from New York, not as long as as you, Chris, but <laughs> yes, sixteen um, hours, Jesus. But um, I was saying back in 2019, I saw this idol in the booth in the you know in the vendors room, and it was a lot, and I really regretted not getting it, and I'm hoping I see it again, and then fuck me, there it was. And it was still just as expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't going to get it. And my wife reminded me it was our 30th anniversary that following week. Congratulations. And it, and, happy and, anniversary. Yeah, thank you, and picked it up for me. So, yeah, I was very happy with that. Yeah, I bought some books um, and art mostly. Uh, mm-hmm. I got a woodblock print, which is pretty cool. And then some postcard prints because at that booth uh the guy his stuff is all pen and ink and pencil and it reminded me of giger and it reminded me of the polish artist whose name i can never remember because it's got letters that aren't in english but you know very distinctive style is on a lot of metal albums uh you know his stuff reminded me of that and i couldn't decide well i like this one and like that one and like that one too but that one and so i decided to get <laughs> postcards so that I could get them all oh. and not, you know, uh, get in trouble when I got home. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, um, there was, and I'll have to find his card to find the name of his stuff. But there was uh, a guy down the middle at the end who had really cool prints that kind of looked like you could use them for uh, tome 
pages. Oh, oh uh, yeah, you took me by that booth. Yes, I did. Yes, 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 yes. Um, this guy? Yeah, that guy. That's him. Yep. Oh, nice flex, John. <laughs> he, I had to get the one with the Cthulhu and the Lovecraft. Yeah. Super uh, sexy. He, he probably <laughs> stuck his card in the bag. It might be on the back there. It was on mine. It, it's not there. It's, uh, I think he was Art Muffin. That's, yes, yes. Yep, Art Muffin. Um, so uh, I got three of those. I got um, a set of earrings for my wife to bring back. Um, they were little. Good call. Um, turquoise skulls in a string. and then for the kids um i got them uh stuffed bats with great big eyes and then uh oh the cute ones yeah the the, the, the like buy me or i'll die crying ones yeah those <laughs> yeah, yeah those and uh the neat thing about that booth is they donate part of the proceeds to uh bat preservation oh nice i found out after i bought them and um i also got them I bought some of uh, Damon's uh, dice prototypes that he's working on. <gasps> oh, those I are bought, so cool. I bought the ones that he's doing. Um, he's I can't remember exactly what he's calling them, but the ones that come with a crayon that you fill in the numbers yourselves. Because I, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, they'll get a kick out of this, and they absolutely did. So, <laughs> and a shirt. I got a shirt at the uh, the the HP Lovecraft uh, Film Society booth. Mm. That's where this one came from. <laughs> Okay, John. So, wh- how, how did you do the dealer room? Because we've seen two items already. What else are you hiding from us? Uh, so, I I didn't spend too much. Um, somebody, somebody bought me a print of uh, a piece of art that I almost bought. Oh, oh wow! Terrible. Yeah, he was he was waffling about get ponying up a couple hundred for the original. Or well, one see, on it wasn't canvas. an original. It was a print on canvas. It was print on canvas, so I didn't get it. But Oscar wound up getting me that. And then uh, the name of the artist is Jennifer Herabota Lesser. She also did the art for the Necronomicon poster in 17. So I had to get that. Because I tried to buy the the original. I tried to get the banner from Neil's that year. (laughs) He was like, yeah, no. So I saw that she had it. I was like, oh, fuck. I'm just going to get the print then. And then she had, she had a piece, uh, an original. It wasn't too big. It was like six hundred bucks. And I was like, uh, I didn't like. I didn't come planning on like buying art. <laughs> and it was the same thing at the art show. It was relatively yeah. small this year. Um, but they had some really beautiful pieces, and they had a couple that were like, you know, you know, two hundred, one hundred and fifty. Mm-hmm. You know. There were a few statues. Um, Gage Prentice had a couple of statues, I think. And I'm like, I oh no, it's got a dot on it. Fuck. All right. And I'm like, ultimately probably good because it was going to be a pain to try to figure out how to ship stuff. And I I I, I just agonized over the painting because it was an original, and I was like, ah, so I would love to, but I can't. She's like, well, I can let it go for five hundred. I'm like, no, no, I'm not trying to talk you down. Like, I just I, this wasn't what I planned on. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, but I, I I think next next. I was going to say next year, next time. I think I might go planning ahead with like an art budget to like for you. pick up a couple of things. Mm-hmm. So, um, to, to, may I share a screen? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. See if I can do this. I believe in you. Oh, you've got to let me do it. All right, will you do it and I'll okay. oh. throw right. it up. So that is uh, Lady Vinsmith. That's the back. And here's a, a quick 
because you got to support your independent artists. Yep. So, wow. Can we see the page. front again, please? Wow. She had actually more expensive ones that were hand painted. And they came in like a bronze or a steel. They came in several finishes. So, so what's the material on this one? I, I think it's Shagoth bone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, it's probably, they it with a straight face, too. <laughs> probably resin okay. or some yeah. such nonsense. That okay. is gorgeous. Your wife is a boss. Yeah. Yeah. My, definitely mine. Yeah, so I, I escaped without spending too, too much. A couple t-shirts. I actually wound up not getting any. Well, that's not true. I bought a, a um, Pete's new book, Pete Rollick's new book. He was there. And, and Mike Davis was there, which kind of surprised me a little bit. I, I wasn't sure if he was going to make it out. I don't think he went to 19. But he was there, so that was cool. He and Pete were sharing a booth, so it was nice to you know to catch up with him a little bit, see how he was doing. Again, for me, it's always going to circle back to just everybody being there. Well, not everybody, but, you know, a, a large number of people being there and just randomly bumping. And so, you know, even posting up on the Discord, like, hey, what's everybody doing? And not everybody's checking, right? You're like, all right, well, I'm going to go over here if anybody shows up. And then invariably one person would show up, two people would show up, another five people would show up. <laughs> yeah. And, and you and you meet people that way too. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. You know, it was, I don't remember what day, but we went down to um, Walking Pot. <laughs> and I was like, this this is where we're going. Yeah, yeah. You caught and that, Max. That's what's bothering you, right? That's what's Andy. bothering you, Max. <laughs> That's and, uh, um, you know, had two people who I've never met before show up and join us for lunch. And that was pretty fun. Got to learn. Yeah. Uh, one of them was Dactyl Doc, uh, and you know, heard about his uh, Detroit supplement that's upcoming. And oh god, that. so good. Um, so yeah, I mean that that that's the inter the interesting thing layer that the having Discord and on your phone added because it did add a layer of kind of a I don't want to say I want to say it this way, but uh, a distributed you know, hey, you know, let's get up together kind of thing yeah. and yeah. increase the number of people that you could actually meet and talk to. For sure. For sure. I felt that same way. Anytime I was at a meal or anytime I was in like the Poindexter, I think that was the name of the cafe at the bottom of yep. the Poindexter. Yep. Yeah. It's just like, if you sit down, inevitably you're going to make eye contact with somebody else. Like, I vaguely remember you <laughs> from drinks last night. I'm sitting down with you. Like, um, was it, I can't remember who it was, but like I was at breakfast with uh keeper Dave and oh lord with us i'm tired and i can't think but like two other people joined the table because they happened to walk into the restaurant made eye contact like oh you us can i sit down yeah and that was a common thing that open seat open table open couch open bench feel you just walk into a room it's like you got yep all right cool i'm gonna sit down and it's seamless like it's not awkward it's seamless and the body was just so incredibly welcoming that just really the attendees and the convention organizers stuck the landing on making people feel at home and giving just a safe environment for them to be. Yeah. And Neil's in his group. I mean, they just put on just a, an outstanding convention. I mean, I, every year there's usually something, right. You know, we, we've had issues that have popped up as we like generally as a community, we sort of thing. Um, but you know, as far as like the con running, things and all that's like everything is always so smooth and if there's something going on you grab a minion or you know neil's is 
I don't everywhere. Think he sleeps oh my for god! Six days. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't sleep for three weeks before. Yeah, god. that's for sure. I would love to see his step counter after a con. That's something like eighty thousand <laughs> steps a day. Like I, it's like he's magical. Like he was just appearing out of walls. You turn around, it's like oh there he is. Oh shit! And there he was he always he was so everywhere. personable. It's like you yeah. never saw him. Like he never seemed tired or annoyed. No. Or nope. He was always just like he had this three drink I love you man kind of vibe going <laughs> the whole con oh, like God. day and night it was fucking amazing how are you maintaining that yeah actually we need to get his secrets because yeah he knows something that we don't and whatever it is I'm willing to I pay need for a that I need a level. bag of those gummies <laughs> 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 whatever whatever it took I need a bag of that <laughs> And you know it was cool for this year. I don't, I don't know what we were doing up on the terrace. If that was might have been the outer dark meet and greet or, or whatever the hell you invited me up for, but like we actually got to sit with Niels for like I don't yeah. know a half hour. Like he stopped and he, vibrating and he his for breath and had a drink with us and just kind of like yeah, that was awesome to that, see him like really mid cool. in the middle of it all. That he, he just sat down and we got the eye of the storm of Neil for like oh. a brief moment. Yeah. Where he sat that and he like really caught nice. his breath and had a drink with us. Yeah, yeah. That that was super cool. That that might have been that that's high on the list of highlights for, for this year for sure. Because we never like you know, you just see him and he's always running somewhere. So just to like Yeah, but he, he gave us was, he, he caught his breath with us for a minute. That was not, I really appreciate that. Is that is amazing. Yeah, that, that was really cool. <laughs> now I know Oscar didn't, but Bridget, Chris, you guys go to the um, uh, the the block party on on uh, Wednesday th- Thursday night Thursday night that was with Big Nazo yeah, yeah yeah yes yeah yeah um that's actually where I was first introduced to Niels which was just cool I'm hanging out with Timothy G and a bunch of other people and we're being loud and we're bouncing around and you're you're at a block party which for me like guys I haven't been at a block party in twenty years are you serious um, <laughs> two uh, there's a live band playing I absolutely love live music but they're all dressed up. Listen, I don't know how they got into that fucking rig or how they got out of it or how they even performed with all that stuff on, but they were just great entertainment. They were engaged with the crowd. They were on brand. I mean, it was absolutely amazing. But the backpedal off I wear no mask. (laughs) Like, they were out there getting it. So uh, I'm hanging around, and then uh, Timothy G goes like, oh, let me introduce you to Niels. And again, he's like sprinting from corner to corner, corner to corner. And when uh, he finally turned him around and did the introduction, he was wearing a shirt that said, support black women who write weird shit. And as like one of the six black people that I saw at that con, I immediately stopped and was like, I love you in that shirt. So when I saw him again, I was like, hey, just as an FYI, I really appreciate you wearing that shirt. Guys, I kid you not, this is the moment. I don't know if it's, he was moving at speed of light. I don't know what it is, but he stopped. He looked me in the face. He looked down at his shirt. And it's almost like he made the realization. Like, ah, you're the black girl in this shirt. <laughs> so he was like, oh, my God, I have to get you in touch with this artist that made the shirt. She's super amazing. You guys Every single time from that black party to the end of the con, when I passed him, he actually fucking recognized me. He's like, hey, I'm trying to get you in touch with that artist. She's over here. <laughs> Hold on. But then I would get dragged away. He would get dragged away. Something would happen. And after the con, because um, I stayed one day extra, we were outside. I was getting a, a breath of air. He was teleporting from place to place. He's like, hey, can you please email me and I'll get you in touch with that artist? I did a couple days later. Same night, guys, he responded to this email and got me like plugged in with that artist. I have two of her shirts on the way right now. I'm super excited about it, but it's just like, <laughs> nice. I don't, I can't say that I have that type of 
mm, not accessibility, but the ability to be that close to a conventional organizer of this side who's just so laid back, casual, and it's like willing to go the extra mile for an individual at a 2,000 person con. It's just he's brilliant. He walks on water. Yeah, he's, Sorry, he's the question was black party. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> No, we so we Oscar and I didn't go. That was he was running his first game of the con was Thursday night. And if I had known the block party was the same time, I would have never scheduled it at that time because they were so <laughs> one criticism. It took them so long to get the schedule up. I had to send in my RPG events, so I didn't know what I was up against. I would have wow. never run a game against the block party, yeah, but there yeah. I was. Well, I mean, we had a Almost fully good group. So, I mean, it's, it's fine. We're not going there. <laughs> <laughs> the game went off great. I, uh, you know, ultimately. It was very, very good. And and will be released on the show at some point. In an edited form. It, In yes. an edited form. <laughs> In a polished and cleaned up form, it shall be released. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it was a good game. It was actually Girl in the Pines. Which is in the um, the souvenir book, which I was very uh, happy to have uh, been asked to donate a, a short scenario for the souvenir book. Which it was funny because some of the dirty gamer nerds like me <laughs> were like, they came up to me and said, "Oh snap! I looked at the souvenir book and there was a scenario with maps and stats." <laughs> and, uh, they were like, "Something for us!" And then we were like, "Yay!" <laughs> And I'm like, we're so sad. No, there was much rejoicing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need to read through that. I think I only Same. thumbed through it. Right, right. But people were like shocked that there was like a full scenario with like, you know, an illustration and a map and stats and like ready to go. So one of the coolest parts of the game, not the coolest part, was you know, we we intro the characters, we did the thing, we, you know, we had the setup, we, you know, we met the guy given the quest or whatever. And, uh, you know, like, what was it? Maybe like 15, 20 minutes in, Oscar would just like push back from the table and was like, okay, what do you do? And like, that was it. And then the, then the game was in our hands for the rest of the game. <laughs> Literally, once, once they left the client who gave them the thing, I just was like, I'm it done. Is on fleet. Here <laughs> we go. <laughs> at, oh, this I point, love it. at this point, I am completely reactive. Whatever you assholes want to do, <laughs> I'll handle it. But I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm. My work is done. And they were like, "Oh, that's like sandbox." I was like, "I just dropped them off in the Sahara of sandboxes." I'm like, "Do whatever the fuck you want. I'll. I, right. I got you. Go forth and conquer. Let me know if yeah, you need me. Yeah. Go. Like, oh, okay. Here we go. That's always fun." That was that was good. I it was good for me only for the fact that being from New Jersey, it made it easier for me to be able to. Because it was set in New Jersey. In New Jersey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wonder now, if there the are any other scenarios set in New Jersey. All right, Dan Harms. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Harms, I know you're probably listening. All right. So you were out of curiosity, the... yeah. Did either of you guys get a chance to play in Chris's Alien game, or at least see the modules that he put up? I Holy saw some shit. photos, and I was angry at him. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I may, me... I may have called him a, a a very derogatory sexual word for for someone who gives away the good stuff for free. But I'm thinking, you need to be paid for this level of passionate work. Right. Holy uh, I can... cow, Chris. 
Wow. Funny. If you let me sh- <laughs> Yeah, you got to you got to share some of that. Hold on, let me Cuz it's a, it's a crime that you did that just for shits and giggles. That's some serious level of artistry and commitment. Hold on, I got to we... authorize the uh the share. Oh, the app. So yeah. so we so my buddy Jesse left Saturday night. He's like, "All right, it's I've been here for like 12 hours. I have to go home. It's you know, it's like 9:30." So Adam was sitting with us. I think uh, I think Chris was with us and had gone back already because he was going to be. Uh, I met you guys for dinner and I had to go yeah. get pulled together. So I was like, "All right, well, yeah, Adam, I'll just come with you because I've got nothing. Like nothing's going on. I'll, you know, I'll just come and hang out. It's you know, it's like nine. You know, maybe we'll hit the bar again, but like you know, whatever." <laughs> so we go over and Chris is like, "I got an open seat." And um, I was like, "Oh shit, I'll have to and, quit and." restart the browser to do it but you guys have the link so one of you could do it i was about to say yeah uh, if he restarts it that'll bump him right yeah, yeah. yeah so um so adam and i like i was like he was like do you want to play and i was like yeah i mean i'll play you know do you want to play and he was like well if you don't want to play and i was like well i want to play but if they're, you having, this convers- play, then- they're having this conversation next to me so i'm like you know <laughs> I'm perfectly happy for you to to engage in blood sport for this. I mean, <laughs> go ahead, so, host tryouts to get into this game. Yeah, so so I I wound up playing, and Adam was on his uh, on his computer. <laughs> yeah, but Johnny should be able to. Uh, yep, I'm I'm yeah. doing it now. There you go. Oh, bam! Here we go, guys. This shit is stunning. All right, so <sighs> yeah, unreal. So that's the close-up of just the miniatures there. Uh, well, close-up, I say. It's the uh, the kind of the overview of the whole set assembled. Um, and there's the, the neomorphs there. Worker Xenos. Um, yeah. Who, uh, you know, kind of build out the hive and apply resin. And uh, you guys were the first group to actually go down that hallway. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I play-tested it three times and ran it once at the con before you guys played it. And you guys were the first one to actually go down there. Once they saw those, hmm. uh, so and this yeah, is uh, another corridor with uh, empty crates that the PCs can fill up on, and um, a drone in the hall. Chris, uh, as you're flipping, can you tell um, me again, and then everyone watching too, how long it took you to crank all these out? <laughs> um, <laughs> so the very first uh, test prints I did for this, I did in November of last year. Now that's not to say that I was printing constantly or working on it constantly, but you know, the very first set of prints and then I kind of poked around and figured out how I wanted the layout to work. Um, <laughs> and uh, once I had that, I, I, yeah, I went with the five room dungeon kind of design. So then I was able to, to write the scenario around it and start things. So the actual amount of time, putting in work on it probably mm-hmm. I'd say on the order of 160 hours, you know, assembling, painting, all that, as far as machine time goes, you know, how long, how long that printer was running. That was months. Oh, wow. Um, and it was, it was big. Like that, the picture of the, the very first picture was on the bed. Like it was, it, it's not a small set. Like it was, a, it was so, a big, oh, actually, hang on. I, I've got it still in the top. I got a clear, some of the crap off of it. While he's doing that, I'll cycle just do some more of the pictures so, here. So this is one of the, the wall modules that I have to glue back down. Uh, but 
This is the tub that traveled to Providence with me. So, Whew. you know, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I brought it. I had a lot of fun doing it. I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, just, just because I could, the drive back was brutal. Uh, driving up wasn't too bad. You know, they both took about the same amount of time. I think I'm not sure, but uh, driving up was fine. You know, didn't feel too tired when I got up there, despite leaving at a ridiculous hour in the morning. Mm. But driving back after having spent the week at the con, yeah, that that made it too hard. So, oh god, yeah. But uh, yeah. this was worth bringing. And then if you keep going, you can actually get to the player mm. packets. Uh, go back one. Yep. So this is um, one of the player packets. There were seven PCs. Each PC got a full packet like this. Uh, they got a character sheet, a brief biography with, uh, you know, kind of give them the feel of the character, uh, the character's agenda, and the character's talents. They got the uh, uh, the equipment manifest with all the mechanics for and any blurbs from the books um, about the equipment they were carrying. They got a handout for the inciting incident. Uh, they got a physical prop for their um, for their um, um, signature, signature item. item. Mm-hmm. A reference sheet, and then in the middle there are equipment cards for weapons, and uh, the the thing there in the center is the X card that we're using, which is pulled from the semiotic standard that uh, uh, was it Ron Cobb made for the movies. So you'll actually see that in quarters and stuff, and that one is the the hazard symbol. So uh, that it was thematic for it. So you know every character got one of these and the character portraits were I generated on, on one of those uh online AI image generators. Uh, Chris like I, I'm going to probably be bringing it up every time I bring up Necronomicon. This was like a <laughs> showstopper that you brought to the con because everyone is talking about it. I didn't even get an opportunity to play in either of them and I can't stop talking about them. Like these were just absolutely stunning, babe. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. You're you're muted, John. Yay, I'm not muted anymore. Hello, you're back. <laughs> I was going to say the the signature items, you know, all the uh, things came with, you know, some some item and then the the chips from uh, what is it? Chip Lab. Yes. You know, had the fast, fast action, slow action stuff that you, you know, physically, you know, turn them over, hand them yeah. back, you know, move them out of the way. Like it's just very like just so well done. Yeah. It's a whole were... last experience. <laughs> I, I like I went with the chips early on. Uh, I, I had those made back when they put out the uh, the pre-order pre-release document because the suggestion they had in there and in the core rulebook today is to turn your action card to show what actions you've taken. And that's just that's way too damn fiddly. It's much easier to, to take a piece of plastic and flip it over when you've taken that particular action. And the, uh, and the name badges too, you can see it a little bit better in, in you know, on this screen here, we all had little name badges that we could clip on. <laughs> it's a very, very cool. And and you you're put into this, Chris. And you ran a hell of a game too. I mean, just the 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 descriptions and you know, sort of prowling around the table. I think you leaned into Murph's ear at one point and kind of like, you know, stage whispering. You know, not whisper, whisper. Like it, it, the, the whole experience was was amazing. I probably should have recorded that as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, if you want, I'll run it online for you guys at some point i upgraded oh, foundry cool. so i need the the alien module to up, upgrade to the new version as well <laughs> mm. 
Yeah, it was it was it was really I was glad to to I played aliens before and I was in the game you were running on the Discord, but Right, um, yeah, that that was uh Destroyer of Worlds. You yeah. came in yeah. for the last two thirds of it, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But but it was great to you know, again, just to be in person, right? Like this yeah. is great and playing games online is fun. It's it's never the same thing as being together. Like it's just it's yeah. not. <laughs> and and you get to pull out all the cool toys when you get to play in person. Yeah, 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 for sure. (laughs) You know, I I enjoy assembling and painting just as its own hobby, but, you know, when you can actually put it on the table to use for something, it's even better. Yeah. Yeah, Or in your case, put it out on a runway so we can parade it in front of everyone because it's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) That was cool. Uh, Bridget, you, you weren't on any panels this year, were you? No, sir. No, I didn't do. Uh, I wasn't on. Well, I was on uh, the Miskatonic University podcast live well, show. Podcast. But yeah, other yeah. than that, no, I wasn't on any panels at all. Like I literally walked in um, trying to go as light as possible. So, John, I don't remember if I had this conversation with you or somebody else, but I wear so many hats in this industry that typically when I go to a con, I have to say to myself, like, OK, this is a symphony con. OK, this is a chaosium con. OK, right. this is a MUP con. And I I never been to Necronomicon before, so I didn't know what <laughs> hat I was supposed up. to be wearing. I'm like, I don't know which one I'm wearing, and they all look great when you're in this little niche crowd. Um, but I did realize after that convention that Necronomicon is definitely for me a Mystic University podcast con. That is a MUP con all day. Symphony doesn't have to make an appearance. I don't have to run any games <laughs> or do any type of thing. Like I can literally just MUP it and be exactly where I need to be. Chaosing was good. They didn't need any booth help. Um, I did slide behind a couple other people's booths because reasons. You and Miss <laughs> <laughs> Molly Helper up. here. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, I think this is a MupCon. Uh, but no, I wasn't on any panels and I didn't have any really major things going on. I had the Pirate Bork that I did, mm-hmm. the live show at the Pirate Bork and the Mup show. And I did Extra Life, which, holy shit, that is so fun. Did you guys get a chance? Oscar, I don't remember seeing you at Extra Life. Did you make it by there? No. Extra Life was dope. Like just watching money fly around with people. I'm a with big, I'm a big the supporter of their. Uh, I do actually. I was in the raffle to raise. Uh, <gasps> yeah, I've got to run a game for people. I should reach out to them. <laughs> <laughs> on the to do list. It's on the to do list. Phone makes a note. <laughs> Look, right. I started delivering a book as soon as I got back from the con. Okay, I've been in Holy mailing. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been I've mailed a lot of packages over the last four days. <laughs> oh my god! The the oh god! It's really cool because I'm already seeing unboxing videos or people like super excited carrying it around. So congratulations yeah, the, on the that. The first people started receiving their copies today. So. Mm-hmm. I saw a few uh, a few things online. So yeah, Max Ryder, who actually that. commented, has an unboxing up of it already. Oh, cool! cool. Yep. Yeah, that was a that was a fun project. It's you know one of the things we're trying to do is give new young authors a chance to uh, you know have their work showcased and with a little bit of mentoring, so they're not just you know facing the hard cold world of our very critical fan base. You know, with without at least a warning of how pissy we can be. <laughs> I love you, fans, but God, you know, you get one thing wrong, and I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Uh, I can't even. I can't even be mad that they're so pissy because I'm that pissy. I was playing a, a German soldier once, and it said I had a rifle, and I asked the 
guy running it, what kind of rifle? Is it a Car 95? It is, a, is it a Mauser? It is, it a, is it a Steingewehr? And he said, it just says rifle. <laughs> I, was, I almost lost my That's mind. not enough! I'm like, Are you fuck, you know. So, no, I get Oscar it. turned into Glancy. I get it that we're pissy. I'm pissy. You know, don't do German soldiers and not stat out the perfect. I've got a scenario set in World War II, and I've got the Type 99 light machine gun for the, you know, stat it out. Um, I've got, you know, the Arakasa. Right. All of the Japanese pregens have Japanese weapons researched for caliber. You know, the, don't, just don't do rifle. No. Just don't do rifle. <laughs> this, this is why you run space games. <laughs> people will still find a way to complain. Yeah, yeah they'll, they'll complain. Well, people got a people, right? Yeah. But Ooh, no, it's, honey. It's, you, you know, the new authors need to know who they're writing for, you know, and they need to learn that writing Call of Cthulhu is not writing for anything else because it is based in reality and historical periods. So you have to when you write for Cthulhu, you are are you are dancing with two ladies. You know, you're dancing with Calliope and you're dancing with uh, Cleo, the muses of epic poetry and history. Plasma. Couldn't let it go, could you? He's like, I'm going to jump on it. It's like, I know it's bait, but I'm going to buy it. Anyway. <laughs> well, you know, and you, and if, I, if I get it wrong, then people will be screaming on the other end. So I spent enough time yelling at podcasts. I might as well make somebody else yell at a podcast. For <laughs> <me>. <laughs> All right. So did anyone go to any panels they found especially fascinating? Oh, I saw a hand yep. go up fa- there. In favorite, the back. Fa- favorite panel and favorite moment in a panel. Oh, favorite panel? Fuck. Um, so let me pull I don't think too much. Yeah, let me find the title of it. So I went to um, a friend of mine did a history of the queer weird. I didn't know she was doing it until she mentioned it. So I didn't have it on my schedule to go to. But you had originally. to know she was queer and weird, right? Before well, that, it wasn't well, a no, total. But shock. I didn't know, no. <laughs> So like it was one of those where it's like okay it's up against other things and um, but dude that's your friend well I didn't know she was on the panel uh, okay and, okay and and honestly that actually my original plan so I, as soon as they announced that they had put out the schedule I pulled it up and built an Excel sheet and I was like all right if I go to a panel in this slot I'm going to go to this one if I go to the one in this one I'm going to go to that and, and I did that all that and she's like yeah no I'm doing this on uh, this slot on Saturday I'm like I can't find that. And it was because when I had built the spreadsheet, they changed the schedule after the fact. Um, right. So it didn't wind up being, well, but, you know, it wasn't something I'd originally planned on. I went, I went, you know, it wasn't something I would have necessarily picked on my own. So it was interesting to get the different perspective that way, you know, and and, and she did a damn good job on it. Yes. Uh, so... I think that that was my favorite panel. Uh, the panel that I was most disappointed in was the uh, the ambergris to Yugos one uh, about fungus because I'm pretty sure one of the panelists was stoned out of her mind. <laughs> 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 so <laughs> I bailed on that one. You can but skip me. I didn't hit any she, panels she, at she, all. She, she went to the she 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 was doing the fungus panel on mushrooms. On mushrooms, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't rule it out. Because it was, you know, one of the 
the, the first question was, you know, you know, what is it about fungus? You know, why, why do you like it? Why do you think it drew such a large crowd to this panel? And she answered and it was real slow and kind of spaced out. And one of those things that sort of sounds deep, but isn't really. And, you know, kind of went on for way too long. And I was just like, yeah, yeah. But uh, all right, John. Yeah, I was going to say, John was excited about. Well, so I recorded, I don't know, like eight or nine panels. Um, you know, he's going to bring my recorder. So I'm kind of working while we're there. And it, yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't, I've never had the experience that you had, Chris. All the panels that I've been to have been enjoyable. Uh, you know, some of them are better than others. You know, some, um, you know, some panelists are more engaging. Um, you know, some people have, more to say or, you know, quite loquacious. Um, the the existential perspectives in cosmic horror was good. Um, I, I like that one, John Padgett. I, I, I couldn't go to any, but I w- that was on my list that I would have liked to have gone to. It'll, it'll be released at some point. You can download cool. it at uh, cool. SoundCloud slash <laughs> whatever, whatever your podcatcher of choices. Um, the, the survival and horror gaming was was good. You were on that one. Uh, the Dark Worlds of uh, Junji Ito was good. Um, the the kids like that. I was originally he was supposed to be there, so I was going to bring uh, you know one of the books with me to have him sign it. Oh, to have him sign it. Yeah, yeah. But but it turns out that he, you know, I guess he would have made it in twenty one, but then you know whatever with you know twenty twenty two or twenty yeah for this year couldn't make it. But it was interesting because I didn't know that much about it other than like he's got freaky artwork and stuff. So that was interesting. And then the the Lovecraft in uh, Southeast Asia was good. Oh, I heard um, that one was good. Yeah, it was really good. I recorded that one, too. I think that's actually I think that's actually going to drop on Wednesday. No, no. The Grimdark is going to drop on Wednesday. Uh, uh, was that uh, Grimdark is Cosmic Horror? Yes. Yes. I, did went, I went to that one. Hey, as a newbie, what are you looking at to see this drop schedule? Is this something that like I have access to, or is that internal only? No, it's a, so I, I have um, so I because of all the other editing and all the other shit mm-hmm. and work and everything else. I'm I'm going to release a panel every week, every Wednesday. Okay. So Wednesday was the the body as uh, as horror, gender and sexuality that that panel dropped already last Wednesday, and then this Wednesday it'll be the the grim dark. Uh, as cosmic horror. Okay. It, so it's Christmas morning for us. We don't know what we're going to get, but a panel is dropping on Wednesday. You're looking at an internal calendar. I just yeah, want to like, yeah, is there I a way that I can look my, at that too? Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> I thought that I, uh, shit. Oh, you know why? Cause I, I edited that one already. I'm like, I can't find this goddamn panel. It's cause it's, it's edited and, and I have to schedule it. I'm like, fuck, I know I recorded. I was there. I must've recorded it. Oh my God. You sound like me. That's so funny. Like where the fuck did it go? So yeah, they were all, I mean, they were, they were all good. Um, I wanted to hit the, um, I don't remember the name, but it was like a cosmic horror and Jewish literature or something like that. I really wanted to hit that one. And I just, I, I couldn't make it work. And I don't know if Jesse was coming up like at that time. So like I was going to have to leave to meet him or whatever it was, but I was like, ah, crap. I think someone else had recorded it. So I'm just going to kind of keep my eyes out for it, but 
Yeah, you can't. I did what you did, Chris. I didn't do an Excel sheet, but I, I took the schedule, I printed it, and I started to highlight. So I'm definitely going to do this, definitely going to do this. We're yeah. like, ah, shit. These two things are like scheduled yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Oh, crap. And one is in one hotel, one's in the other. So if I go to that one, well, then I'll have to do this panel because the other one's at like 10 yeah. minutes later. So, but so it's when I got the there, hotel. they gave us the book, and I went and, and, and marked mm. it in the book. Yeah. I didn't get yeah. to all the ones I marked. But it was, I, I thought it would be a good exercise to say, you know, if I make it to a panel at this time, this is the one I want to go to. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing you were saying. Murph said don't schedule anything. And I don't I, – I, maybe for your first time, right? I, I Maybe I agree with that. But, like, when you look at all the things, you kind of – I feel like – I don't know. I'm a planner right anyway. So I feel like I need to block certain things out and be like, okay, like Chris said – if I'm not doing anything at this time, then I, I can go do this for sure. Unless we're getting drunk at the bar. And then I guess we're just going to get drunk at the bar. And, <laughs> and that's what it is then. Right. <laughs> and, and that's part of why I didn't sign up for any on book games this time was mm. because I wanted to be able to have the flexibility during the day just to do whatever, or, you know, been walking around town all day. I need to go lay down. <laughs> yes. Jesus. Well, so speaking of, how well did you maintain your schedule, Bridget? Because I know you said going in, like, I'm going to set boundaries and I'm going to stick to it. What? What? Listen, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I, I have a convention experience that I go through. I go through a convention and the immediate day following, I write a whole list of everything that went well for me and things that didn't go well for me. And I have a whole list. And I sit on it and I look at it. And then within the following week, every item that I put down, uh, I do um, kind of like a, a follow-up update. Like next year, make sure you don't do this. Next year, make sure you don't do this. I already have my list for Necronomicon. <laughs> I already know the things that I'm going to be changing for the following year. And so far, um, and I could literally like screenshot it and show you the notes on it. I'm going <laughs> to keep a loose schedule uh, in 2024 as well. I doubt that I will schedule myself to run any games. I will be looking at uh, pickup, hangout, um, networking, things of that nature. Um, big lessons that I learned is come in Wednesday and leave on Sunday or early Monday. Me staying through Monday and leaving Tuesday was a waste of my time. The Omni is expensive and I got stuck yeah. in LaGuardia for five hours. Like I could have left on Monday morning or Sunday um, and been you just called me. I would have taken you out for pizza. Uh, baby, Literally. I was LaGuardia is like 20 minutes from my house. I know. I know. Jesus. Oh, that's right. When I was in LaGuardia, I actually texted you. I was like, I'm here. You he was like, yep, you're 20 minutes away. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, five hours in the airport was, um, that was real precious. Next next time. Next time. Ne next time. Next time, I'll also fly into Boston and take the train down. So these like little lessons that I learned going forward. But, but no, yeah, boundaries yeah. Didn't, didn't do real well. Um, <laughs> the one thing I did manage to do well is not hyperextend myself socially. And that's a concern that I have. Constantly, I am very hyper and flirtatious and I jump all the way around. But like internally, I actually don't like being around people for long periods of time. If I'm on a two hour sprint around people, I have to go sit somewhere and hide for an hour, mm. two hour and actually come down. Uh, I did manage to stay on top of myself that way. And I think you said that to us. I mean, I think even the, the first day that I met you when we were outside Murph Blake's, mm -hmm, Murphy's, you were like, hey, at some point I'm just going to have to like fucking leave. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that's it cool all right yeah. i mean i get it i'll see you guys in a couple hours i need to go sit in my hotel room take my bra off it needs to be dark and i don't want to hear anybody speaking and i'll see you guys after that yeah, yeah. If, if there's one thing cthulhu fans are fine with is quirky personality right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have those in abundance 
right? <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of, the, I, I won't leave, right? But like, I like generally, I'm like, it, if we're good, then we're good. Like, I'll talk your ear off. We can stay up all night. It's fine. But like, generally speaking, I don't like being around a lot of people. But like, I'll make it work. I, I think between Saturday and like for two days, I think I slept like seven hours because we just what? Oh, we, we were just out. So we finished up Chris's game on Saturday night, and it was just about midnight. And I'm I'm trying to talk to Chad, and he's walking away, and I'm following him. Like you know, Chris, you need help. And he's like, No, nah, I got it. And you know, uh, Chad's like, Oh well, we're going to wherever Blake's. And I'm like, Dude, it's twelve o'clock. And he's like, Well, and I'm like, All right, well, I guess I'm fucking going to Blake's then. They literally kicked it. They're like, You have to pay and you have to leave. We have to pick up all this stuff. You you can't stay here anymore. <laughs> so I didn't, you know, I didn't get in the room until fuck, I don't know, like two thirty. Nope. Mm-mm. And then the, and then my buddy uh, John came up on Sunday, and I was like, well, right, I'm got to leave super early Sunday morning or Monday morning. So like I'll I'll try to get to bed by like nine, you know, try to get a decent. I mean, he didn't leave till like nine or nine thirty. I ended up until like ten thirty. I was up at two o'clock. Like it was just. It was, it, I mean, I would do it again in a heartbeat, right? Like you, you just. It is what it is. But. Uh, Mr. Guest of Honor, who ran seventeen games, was on twenty four <laughs> panels. Did you sleep at all? I had to. Um. The. Um. I. I. If I'm running a game the next morning, I'm well, strangely enough, I, I always get up pre-dawn pretty much whether I want to or not. Hmm. Um, so I'm just an early person and, you know, I'll I'll start nodding off if I don't you know get to bed at a certain time. So I made sure that I got sleep every night. Um, I did my fucking crazy carousing evening before the con started. The day before the con started, we did a massive epic karaoke night. Um, after a lovely dinner with like freaking fifteen Huge. people. Yeah, so many yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, we had this. We basically had to talk to the restaurant. They made a prefixed menu I... for us because we had so many people. So many people. <laughs> and then afterwards, most of us, John bailed. Most of us went to <laughs> a, a karaoke bar. <laughs> And we were there from nine to one in the morning. Um, just absolute epic. Um, a lot of us were big karaoke fans. Um, and some of us just like to drink and watch people make fools of themselves. Mm-hmm. Which one but are you? Even, um, no, I'm, I'm, you have to ask. I, I, I do. I do. I got to ask. <laughs> Which one are you? I, I am, I am desperately in need of, of validation. So, yes, I am, <laughs> I am a performer. Um, I'm a huge. I have a I have a karaoke playlist on my phone. Oh, that I can practice in the car. Holy shit! Um, yeah, yeah. Yes. So, what did um, you perform? Okay, so, what so what's you your perform? number one song? Oh my god, I actually had a list. I wrote it out. Um, yes. I did um, "Broken" by Lovely the Band. Okay. I did the cake version of "I Will Survive." <laughs> I um, I did uh, yeah, you Backstreet did. Boys. I like it that way. Um, Jesus, what didn't I did? I did Sweet Caroline because <laughs> fuck it, I did Sweet Caroline. I did Blondie, um, Heart of Glass, I think. Holy shit! In in key, almost killed myself. I have to check. <laughs> I was really drunk. No, literally, like so much, so much. We we were there for hours. 
just hours. And then at one point, um, you have a list of the stuff and it comes up. Somebody put in, I'm on a boat. Oh God. Lonely Island. Gotta love Lonely it. Island. I'm, and I'm like, I don't know which one of you assholes picked. I'm on a boat, I'm on a boat. <laughs> but God bless you because I'm also an asshole that knows every word. And the two, <laughs> and we did, we, we did the whole thing. Like just, and it was like, so ridiculous. I'm like one, I'm on a boat is on the karaoke list. And somebody, <laughs> phenomenal. Somebody picked it, and I just happened to know every word too. That so is that amazing. Was like, but no, I got it all out of my system. I got all the drunk, stupid, because I'm working. When the next morning, I'm working. Yeah. You know, the next morning, I'm setting up the booth. I've got a game at seven. Then I've got morning games the next two days and panels. So no, you know, I'm the I'm a, you know I'm a guest. I, I yeah. this is I've got to present, um, and I did, and I was very proud. But I made sure I slept. I never showed up uh, to anything smelling like I was at a con, and that required <laughs> midday showers through most of the days. Yeah, because it was hot. Yeah, it's it was, hot. I'm like I'm not sitting on this panel with like sweat through my clothes. <sighs> so I would right. literally between if I had a. Well, it was sad because I'm like I would have an hour break, and I'm like, oh, I could go to a panel. I'm like, or, or I, can go I, shower. Can, I can go take a shower and lay down, and you know, for a half an hour. Yeah, and I'm like, I got to be presentable, so I would go and I would, you know, so yeah, self care is 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 important, mm-hmm. especially when you're entertaining. Yeah, I mean, face it, you're you're a guest at a co- you're an entertainer. You know, people have paid and registered to be in your games or go to your panels. So you owe it to them. It's, you know, not to stink. Right. <laughs> Physically, literally. You know, <laughs> Presentation professionally you know, across right. the board. You, you got to put that, you know, your best self forward. Right. So you if you were wondering about whether pre- or not you should go to Necronomicon, just remember you can catch Oscar Rio saying, I fucked a mermaid or singing Backstreet Boys or something. You have options just as an <laughs> FYI, guys. Oh, my God. So <laughs> much stuff. So much stuff. And actually, there's the, there there's now an official karaoke Cthulhu night. Uh, it all started. I We challenged Chaosium in yeah, 2013. <laughs> and then it became an official thing. And they said, oh, we're doing the official one Saturday. And I'm like, I can't do the official one Saturday. I'm running a game, you know, the next morning. So I'm like, I had to skip that. So I just got a whole group of, of my crew together. And literally, we, we filled the 16-person private room at, at Boombox. And we were there. We, we, they ordered insomnia cookies into the Boombox room. We were, so, we were so drunk and hungry, we ordered snacks into the room. It was amazing. <laughs> so good. Absolute epic. But again, after that, I was working. So yeah. Yeah, I, I wish I could have been part of these roaming drinking things. I went to the cocktail party, and yeah, I drank. And I went to the the Eldrick Ball, and mm-hmm. yeah, I drank. Um, but you know, I was, you know, more of a, there in an official capacity. Yeah. Well, so what is the, the ball like? The are we going to segue into the ball? Because that's a whole fucking thing. Well, I was just going to say we we also shut down the uh, the the graduate bar too. I think. You got. Yes, I think we got kicked I think out. Of you the and Mitzi left a little bit earlier, and then they, they literally security was like, "You have to fucking leave. <laughs> you have to go." They pushed us out the door. Ah. <laughs> they were yeah, like, we were done. there late. We were there late with you guys, but then I got tired 
and Mitzi yeah, and I left. Yeah. And it's a good thing we did because apparently you guys thrown out right after. <laughs> we did. Um, <laughs> the the Eldritch Ball is amazing. Um, just for people watching, people show up and they get their cosplay on, and they get their makeup on, and they are fucking. St- you have people who are, they are just stunning, like artistry costumes and just beautiful women and dapper men in the suits and the dresses like they're going to the fucking Oscars. And then you've got some chick with a fucking goat skull with eyes. That's <laughs> articulated. Badass. We, yes. had, we, had, we had some chick with her whole face done like a, in a skull prosthetic that I didn't realize was you until I was looking <laughs> at the pictures. And I'm like, holy fuck. So good makeup. Thank you. Thank you. Did thank not you. realize it till like two days after the con. Holy shit, that was brilliant. Um, that was stunning. I, the thank pictures you. Of that were amazing. Yeah, uh, I appreciate the, it. Thank you. The I got in real or we got in quick. We got in early, and so we got to see it before it, it really filled up. So just the the atmosphere, the decorations were amazing. Yeah. Um, they do uh they do performance art. They do belly dancing. One of my um real funny. Uh, funny story. My wife is a ballet dancer. Oh, cool! Very active in the New York, New Jersey belly dance scene for many, many years. And Misha, one of her belly dance buddies, was performing at Necronomicon. So I'm there, and everybody's like, "Oscar, Oscar, Oscar, Oscar!" You know, total strangers, old industry friends. Mitzi's like, "Mitzi," and it's like. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! What? So it was like it was like the the Zen the Venn diagram of her wow. nerdy overlapping with mine, and they had a belly dance friend together at the show, and they're looking at me like, "Oh, is your wife dancing?" I'm like, "Uh, uh-uh, pal." <laughs> this, is, this is my circle she's she's here with me on my circle. You're you're here in your wife's circle, so. But it was really funny because she had that moment there where she met one of her industry friends in the con. And I was like, oh, my God, that's great. So we got to see one of her friends perform. And, you know, a, a certain man who is a saint and always in a great mood dropped extra drink tickets on us oh. as, he, as he walked by. <laughs> he was tricking and, them things yep, off, honey. Yep. He- <laughs> we were like, oh, I am so drunk. Here's two drink, extra drink tickets. I guess I'll, I'll stagger up to my room with this one. And I did. Um, so thanks, Neil. Much appreciated. Um, it, I, I was so tired. I didn't dance. I didn't get up. I just sat in my chair watching the crowd, the fucking stunning, beautiful, amazing crowd. And I chatted with the reporter from the New York Times a little bit. Oh, dope. Yeah. And they didn't yeah. take your picture? Nice. I wasn't that attractive. <laughs> I, had, I, I had the boar mask on. I don't know if you, you walked by me a bunch of times. Wait, boar mask in a suit? Yeah, boar mask <gasps> in a suit. Holy shit, I didn't know that was you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Let's pull up our pictures. I didn't know that was I'm, you. I, I'm going to pull, let's pull up, try and pull up your picture because you look stunning too. Holy cow, that was you in the boar mask. <laughs> I think I have a picture of you. Isn't it funny that? Well, it is literally a masquerade. So (laughs) there you go. I didn't realize it was you until I saw the pictures after. You're right. Wow. Um, So, Chris, this is just total transparency. Um, When I was at the ball and after I left, I was like, ah, I did it once. I don't I don't need to go back. 
Uh, but then when I was doing my unpack, I was like, nope, the ball is mandatory. I will attend that every year. I don't know what happened that night because I left in a good mood. I went to that food truck and got greasy spoon. And I had a bunch of very awkward people staring at me because I had this huge mess, like this <laughs> skeleton painted face on, which looked super <laughs> creepy because I smile a lot. And my teeth were painted onto my lips. So it looked like I had yeah. a parental jaw going on. Anyways, I had a bunch of very confused people at that food truck. Like, what the fuck did you just come from? <laughs> um <laughs> It, it was great. Doc and I had a, a late night meal. But I remember at the event, I was like, all right, it's a burlesque show. That's cool. Uh, cool mask, cool venue. It's loud. And I don't really need to do this again. But then when I was doing my repack afterwards, it was like, holy shit. I remember your wife. Most people do. She's stunning. Wow. She really is. Wow. Yep. That was damn sure you. And I didn't know it. You walked by us like three times. Wow. <laughs> I believe I even complimented your wife on her uh, mask, too. Yeah. If you if you do look real close, I've got my my glasses, my bifocals on top, on, of. On top of the boar mask. On top so of I the boar mask. So I wasn't blind in the freaking mask. That Holy took some finagling. Cow. My face hurt I for like hours my after, but it was totally <laughs> worth it for the effect. Yeah, yep. we, uh, we had a, a Hades and Persephone ask us to take their picture on the stairs while I was running the game. And that, that was, that was an interesting experience running the game. Cause we sat. So on the, uh, in the Omni on the second floor, they have this coffee shop that closes at noon for some stupid reason. Um, <laughs> John's like, yeah, I still don't under. Uh. Uh, anyway, they have a great table for gaming there. You got to disconnect the TV from the HDMI port so that it's not running noise, but it's, you know, it's got like eight seats and it's standing height. And uh, yeah, we were there setting up, and you could tell the people who were there for the con because they stop and be like, "Ooh, what's that?" And <laughs> yeah. then you'd have people who weren't there for the con and walk by, like, "What the hell is that? What are these people <laughs> doing?" A lot of drunk people too Saturday night. Whether they were at a wedding or something. It seemed yeah, I like. think there was a wedding. Yeah, and then a whole crowd of them walked by, and they went the other direction, and they went back. <laughs> 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 Uh, where's the elevator well there's elevators over there uh, uh, wait no we're gonna do the elevators <laughs> uh, that was fun yeah i don't did we beat it to death i don't know i mean i was there anything else we panels games panels games. parties the drinking. ball had absinthe while i was there or absinthe i'm sorry absinthe at the uh, at the graduate bar, I hadn't had it before. Uh, I mean, it's like sambuca, I guess. It's ultimately, overrated. right? Like it's not it's, it's not that exciting. But it's overrated. I hadn't had it, so I was like, "Well, shit! If they have it, I'll try it." Right, yeah, right. It tastes like licorice. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> Looking forward to next year. Well, next two years. Two 20, years. Yeah. What, 25? Four. Uh, 24. 24. Yep. Do you know they've already emailed a bunch of us and? started talking about hey these are the kind of panels we want to see next year i'm not surprised <laughs> and i'm, That's a great I'm thing. thrilled because they said we didn't have enough uh dirty gamer nerd panels hmm. so they wanted to have more rpg kind of based panels so i'm like okay uh so i'm already trying to think of uh, uh rpg like you know I, I run rpg based cthulhu panels at kineticon a lot so i've got a whole bunch of templates but I really think I'd rather be uh, a moderator of one of them. Ooh. Like, like get get really good people and ask really good questions. Bridget, here's your in. 
Ha ha! Yay! Yeah, I was thinking. I'll just keep annoying on his Facebook profile. <laughs> I was thinking a while ago when you said, "Yeah, I'm not going to do much next year." I'm like, "Girl, yeah, okay, girl." <laughs> in two years, you better have Ooh. more of a. You better have more of a presence in this. In two years, you are going to. You need to be a force. Oh, you oh. need you need to have a fan base that's going to be like, what are you running? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you know okay. I have to? I had to come up with two brand new scenarios. You want to know why? Because my fans stalk me through every New England con, <laughs> and if I don't have and if I don't have new material, they're pissed off and said, "I would have signed up for your games, but you know, you lazy fuck, I played everything you're you're running." <laughs> and I'm like. <sighs> <laughs> Literally, I did Rising Phoenix, and I had my I had my fans giving me shit that like you know I ran both I ran you know I played all three of these games, and I'm like motherfucker. Really? Well, listen, I, listen. It's a good plan. To, it's a good problem to have. It keeps it's me a honest. great problem to have. But listen, I'm your not, content conveyor belt needs to stay on. Yeah, yeah. It, it gets no it's days a, off. <laughs> it's a good thing I'm prolific because there are I'm in demand. <laughs> Nobody gets tired of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> We'll just run one of the 30 games that you created for the podcast. <laughs> the thing is, <laughs> when I run for the podcast, um, those are like episodes of Star Trek. I'm expecting you guys to just shatner it up and chew mm. the scenery and spend an hour naming a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> they literally had a donkey cart. That they spent an hour trying to name the donkey. Oh God, it's so good. And then said we should leave this donkey cart here because we're going to go on the ocean and get another donkey cart there, and then rent this donkey cart out in this city. Oh my God! Literally, I have to let them do that because that's fun. But those games will—they'll be train wrecks if I try and squeeze (laughs) them into four hours. Right. That's fair. (laughs) A a con is a whole nother. A con round is a whole nother animal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if we're too late into the process for this to be a legit question, just stop me. But how do you go about cranking out three new scenarios for a con? Like, I, how does that process work? Well, I've got a whole panel on this actually called <laughs> maintaining motivation in writing. Um, it takes commitment. It's it's not writing is not fun. It is not pretty. It is not glamorous. It is a slog for me. It is getting up at four o'clock in the morning in the dead, you know, pre-dawn when the world is asleep. And I am at my keyboard, you know, with Calliope, with, you know, Calliope's caress on the back of my neck, channeling whatever she wants me to do. Um, I am at her service. It's for me, it's almost monastic. Uh, It's what I do. It's what I love to do. It's what I'm most happy doing. But talking to other writers, you start to quickly realize that every single writer does it completely different than every other single writer. Like you can go to voice training and learn how to sing. If you get 12 writers in a room, none of them do it the same way. Um, so it's not, you know, you can, it's, it's, it's something, I mean, I'm sure that there are lots of great college courses on writing, but every writer learns to write in their own way, in their own rhythm when they're most creative. So how do I do it? it? It's tough. You've got to know how long it's going to take you to write a scenario. When yeah. are you most productive? When do you have the time to do it? Like, what's the logistics of this look like? And sometimes that means I've got to get up three more, at least three mornings 
before work and definitely Saturday and you give up time with friends and family and you know, it's, it's tough, but it's what I do. Um, like my favorite line from galaxy quest. Look, I've got one job on this ship. It's stupid, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> I've pretty much got one thing I'm, I'm kind of good at and I'm going to do it. And do you aim for this is a scenario you write for a con at the same level of a polish, I guess I'll say uh, as, okay. No, um, a, a scenario I, I write for a con is like a half hour episode of Twilight Zone. Something I'm doing for open play is a season. Hmm. Um, like John, you've played one of my one shots. You've also played <laughs> one <it>. shot. You <laughs> no at the con we finished. In oh one yeah, game. all right, fair, fair. Right. Yep. And you've played another game that we just finished that was literally twelve sessions. Um, yeah. Yeah, one long scenario, mini campaign. If it was will. literally, it it literally could be broken up into three scenarios. That's like a trilogy. Hmm. That one thing could have been a book. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I still think I shit the bed on the ending. So whatever. Um, it falls apart in part three. Uh, we've got to work <laughs> on it. But um, I mean, you answer the question. How do you think the level of polish is between a one shot and something bigger? Oh, I don't know if I'm the right person to ask because you're the perfect person. You're one of the only people who played both. Well, but here's I the can't thing. answer when when we when we sit down to play anything as a one shot for the podcast, it's almost always two sessions because <laughs> we're just we're stupid. <laughs> like we just can't do it in three or four hours. Um, Girl in the Pines was a very short scenario, word count wise. Right, it was only like fifty two hundred words. Right, um, uh, so. Yeah. And, and and like we know we're in a time constraint. Like we we RP'd some, but not to the level of like we if we play Girl in the Pines for the podcast, it would have been two sessions minimum, if not longer, right. probably. Mm -hmm. right? right. So like again, I'm not really the right person to to ask. I it I mean I, I was not having done it, but but having played games at cons, um my feeling is that you get Less role play at a con. You may get moments, but you don't get that consistent through line because you know you're on a time constraint. And we know we have to get X amount done in a certain period of time, right? Like it's just the mindset to play is different. The mindset I'm assuming for you to write is different. Like, again, we, we need to complete this in an X amount of time given player vagaries, right? Like you have to bake some of that in as far as like, well, they're supposed to go this way, but like it's going this way. And then like you throw it out the window and then just key on what the players are doing. And then, then, then it's just kind of free for them until you get to the end. Right. Like, like it, for me, like that's all up in the air. Um, I, you know, the, the, your GMing style, I think was comparable in both. Right. But again, it's like when we play at home, so to speak. Um, and it's, and it's not even that we fuck around so much is that we really dig into the characters. Right. So like, that's oh. because that's the, that's like the important part, right? Like that's the story doesn't resonate if you don't really care what's happening. So if you're not invested in the characters in the story, then there's no point in either one of those scenarios to even do it. You know what I mean? I didn't answer your question. I don't think. <laughs> 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 the, 
a one shot is more focused on the experience. A a regular adventure that I would write for a book or a campaign or a free play that I know is just going to go. Um, that's more of a situation which the players are going through, and it becomes far more focused on how the players handle it than the event that's actually happening. Um, a one-shot's narrative is based on momentum. A open-form game, that narrative is based on the emotional, con- the emotional connection of the players to the material and each other. Wow, that's we're like... Said. We're like levels yeah thanks chris (laughs) (laughs) again tune in for my ted talk (laughs) (laughs) and he has a he has a panel for that (laughs) the only stuff i've really written for myself has been con oriented and it's not been that much that i've done so it's it's interesting to get the different perspective to say I've, i've written a few (laughs) <laughs> and by a few he's talking about like what yeah, 200 yeah. 300 100, um, 100 hold on hold on something oh, crazy hold on wait a minute wait a minute you told me the number i just i just don't remember off the top of my head i'm gonna i'm gonna shock john call it out call a number I mean, right it's now. it's like 120 or 115 or something like that i'm gonna go one because he's written he's written for the i mean not specifically like for us but like in running games he's written like I don't know six, just six or seven. We're gonna just do for this. Podcast. We're gonna do this. Oh, okay, no. so this is the uh, hold Damn, on. Damn, John was closer. Uh, wait, what? I All can't right, read. Is, it's too small. This is total. Um, this is total. So it's one hundred and seven. Oh, girl in the pines yeah. is one oh seven. To put away childish things is one oh five, which we just did. Um, There's a birthday scenario in there too. What do you mean? <laughs> the one you wrote for me. Which one was the, that? The Peril in the Pennines. Oh, yeah. Hold on. It's up here somewhere. Wait. Oh, wait. That would be Invictus. Yep. Shit. That was like, that's got to be. That's 104. <laughs> <laughs> See, I have it by like unpublished, published Invictus classes, 20 wow. modern, other eras. Yeah, this is, this is my life, really. This is everything I've been doing for the last 20 years, oh. pretty much. Some Sad. real good stuff in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need to get a life. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're in your lane. Yeah, it's Enjoy 107. <laughs> um, what was funny is after I wrote my third one, I was like worried that, oh, my God, am I ever going to have any other ideas? <laughs> and yeah, that's happened not to be the case. Much like the players, nobody gets tired of cocaine. And <laughs> I, love, I, I love writing scenarios. Well, we'll keep playing them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, do we do we want to wrap it up? Are you guys are we good? Do we I, wanna... I think we're good. Yeah, I think we've beat it to death, and then All resurrected right. it, and then beat it some more, and then actually start anticipating future content too. So, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think we stuck the landing a few times. Yeah. All right. So mention something, and I'll ask another heavy question. Let's go. All right. So, <laughs> so <laughs> keeping keeping it down to a few bullet points. Let's go around. John, sell Necronomicon 2024 to someone who's on the fence. Hmm. Uh, It's like a family reunion with the people that you really want to hang out with and not the weird uncle who just wears the red hat, right? Like, I mean, 
it's 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 the whole it's the whole con. The con is the people. I mean that that's it. It's it's, yeah. it's it's the only thing we come back to every every time. Like every conversation is like, oh, this is so great that we get to the people. If you are afraid of how you will feel at a con, um, you know how you you look at Comic Con, you look at Gen Con, you look at Dragon Con, and it freaks you out. Necronomicon is not that. It's smaller. It's cozier. It is not intimidating. Um, you know, the, the I listened to podcasts talk about it before, and I was like, that sounds neat, but I don't think I can do that. Mm-hmm. I listened to chatter about it in 2019. I was like, well, maybe I can do that. I went, I did it, and I'm so glad I did. Right it. Uh, I would say if you're on the fence about Necronomicon, it's one of those things that you have to try at least once. If you stick your toe in it, you're probably going to do the full leap and be one of us that's going to be reoccurring like I'm going to be. Two big things that stand out to me about Necronomicon that I would recommend to anybody. Uh, If you're into Lovecraft, period, these are your people. Like You're not going to be able to turn around and not bump into somebody that shares um, the same core passion with you, even though they may express it or identify with it, or uh, instruct on it, or create with it in different ways. And for that type of broadening of your palette, you're diversifying your Lovecraftian portfolio, it's really cool. The other thing that I think is really major, because this con is so intimate, and everyone is so incredibly friendly, one, you can go by yourself. This isn't a con where you have to have a friend with you, where you need to wrangle people and go, you you would be 100% okay. Providence is a cute little safe, and I'm saying safe in air quotations because legally I can't say that. Um, I felt safe in Providence as a single black woman walking around. Um, And the other thing I think is really cool is, like, how many more opportunities are you going to have to just be in a bar and then sit down next to Mike Mason? And pitch him one of your ideas or turn around and go get donuts at this little cafe up the street and be in line between Lynn Hardy and go, oh, my God, I love Children of Fear and her turn around and have this whole conversation with you. How often are you going to be in an environment where you can be in the Poindexter Cafe and see Oscar Rios and sit down like, oh, my God, absolutely loved X, Y and Z and all 104 of your scenarios and all 30 (sighs) of the games you ran and all 900 panels that you were on and have him be like, yeah, have a seat. Let's talk about it. Um, it's those type of connections that are really important in an industry of ours that's as intimate and intertwined as it is. Getting that FaceTime with some of these people that operate professionally at that caliber is just something you're not going to get at Origins. It's something you're not going to see at Gen Con. But like these little... Chaosium Con has the same feel because it's a very um, proprietary focused con. It's all Chaosium things. This is like that except for it's like Lovecraft. So go, go. Even if you have to go by yourself and even if you only go once... Go. It's worth it. I promise. For me, before you do yours, just if I, I hate to interrupt you for just one second. Your show. <laughs> well, no, I mean whatever. But 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 I just I wanted to, to to bump up on Bridget's thing, and it's not that necessarily the the con has moved past Lovecraft in a lot of ways. So it's if you're into Lovecraft, sure. If you're into weird fiction, if you're into cosmic horror, if you're into that you know, existentialism, then this is the thing for you. Mm. Lovecraft is still a part of it, but it is very much moved on past him at this point. And I just wanted to say that, right? Cause no, no, you're good. Right. Cause that's, I mean, he was kind of a piece of shit. So like, he is. Know, like but the world he created is what we're all monetizing and talking about right now. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it was and other I, people that did it too. Right. I, I mean, he's, he's not the only guy. And, and I had a conversation with a 
complete stranger who wasn't there for the con at the bar in uh, the the graduate. Yeah, that's what it's called now. <laughs> it says Biltmore on the building. but It does yeah, still yeah. say Biltmore on the building. <laughs> it's a big fucking sign. <laughs> but, you know, and that, that was, you know, I used Oscar's work as an example of the community, say, moving on and reclaiming mm-hmm. the, the, the concepts from him. I just wanted to make sure that was out there. Go ahead, Oscar. Um, (laughs) Tell us, Oscar. Tell us. For me, if you're thinking about it, if you love this and you're unsure, come and meet your people. Come and join your community because, sure, there still may be problems. Mm -hmm. But you can be part of the solution or you can complain about the problem. If you don't think that there are enough LGBT representation... Then you show up at Necronomicon in your rainbow, sh- in your rainbow Cthulhu cephalopod shirt, and meet your tribe because you're out there, and you're gonna, if, you know, if you're a person of color, and you know, you're you're nervous that am I going to be okay? You're gonna go there, and you're gonna find your people, and you're gonna find your people who don't care what you are. They're just happy that you're interested. They're interested. And it's the fellowship there. You're going to be able to support small publishers. You're going to be able to support small artists. You're going to be able to support independent filmmakers, new authors. You're going to get to rub shoulders with industry giants. And you're going to meet new talent. Um, You're going to network with people. If you're, uh, you know, if you're trying to get in, go meet some publishers. Go meet some filmmakers. Mm-hmm. This is this is this is who we are, and you're part of it. But come be a part of it face to face, because everyone is friendly, everyone is welcoming, and the community is richer for every new diverse person we get into it. So yeah, yeah, um, come join us and make Necronomicon even better than it's been. Hundred percent. I'll I'll never forget. It must have been nineteen. We were sitting in the in the graduate coffee shop, full of people. You know, everybody's in there. You know, industry folks, other you know, Discord folks, the whole nine yards. And Oscar came in and made a beeline to me and said, "Hey, you know, give me a hug. Oh, it's great to see you. Got to come over, meet Mitzi. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Whole room full of people. Like, you know, fuck right. Like, <laughs> like this is the coolest thing. Um, yeah." Yeah, like what? One of my favorite stories is I'm 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 walking like I'm walking with my wife, and somebody on the street goes, "Mitzi, hi! We're gonna see you at the room party later. We're really excited about that." She's like, "Okay," (laughs) and she looks at me and says, "Who the fuck is that?" And I go, "I have no idea." I said, "We we announced on our face on the Facebook page that we're having a room party. I don't know who's coming." She was like, how the fuck do they know who I am? I'm like, you're on my Facebook page. A lot of them follow me on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And it was like, at that moment, it clicked that, you know, wow, we're really, you know, we're kind of, you know, I don't want to pat me, you know, we're known, you know, we're celebrities. Come on, Oscar. Let's not do this. (laughs) But it was like, she was like, 
who the fuck is that? And why what do they happening? one, they know my face and my name, and they're coming to our room party, mm-hmm. and you don't even know who the fuck they are. <laughs> like, you're we got man. kicked out of that too. <laughs> and and security came and broke up our room party. Oh, God, Jesus. And I was drunkenly joking. Oh, it's not going to be a real party until security comes and breaks us up 20 minutes later. Fucking and security. here comes the security. <laughs> I kept my mouth shut. <laughs> <sighs> But that's that what I a- mean about the community. Yeah. And and this year it was the cheese party. What? For those that know. <laughs> I must have been working while that happened. <laughs> well, yeah, you were on 18 panels and 16 yeah. games. The number yeah. keeps changing each round. I absolutely love it. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Well, let's go out with a, with a round of, of, uh, of self-promotion here. Chris, do you have anything... Uh, that you would like to promote uh, places you're at stuff that you're doing things um, that are happening. the biggest thing that i work on is the good friends of jackson elias uh, their semi-annual uh, tw- i don't remember twice a year con uh a weekend with good friends our next mm-hmm. one is november uh across the weekend in north america where we stop daylight savings time so <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah uh time zones are always an adventure Anyway, uh, we, we decided to double down, apparently. Uh, so, yeah, uh, come. Feel free to sign up for games, uh, run games. Uh, we use, because we have such a, uh, a large international base of users, uh, we don't do first come, first serve when it comes to signups. We use a lottery system mm-hmm. uh, to assign seats. So everybody has an equal chance at getting any, any given game you have just as much chance as somebody who is in the UK when we open signups usually versus, you know, somebody in California, Hawaii, New Zealand, you know, you all have an equal chance of getting games and we, we work really hard to make sure everybody gets a chance. It's an incredible con and it's well organized as well. Moderated. It really is an incredible convention. Cool. All right, Bridget. Uh, hi, yeah, so signing off, my name is Bridget Jeffries of Symphony Entertainment. Uh, you can check us out at symphonyentertainment.com. If you would like to watch us on Twitch, we just launched a streaming channel that is at twitch.tv forward slash symphony entertainment. Uh, we are running my newest release, which is shown here, uh, which is the Miskatonic Shoreside Conservatory. Uh, this bad boy is now out in PDF, print, and soft cutter, uh, soft cover. Uh, on drive through RPG and Indie Press Revolution is picking it up. I just need to send them copies. Uh, let's see here. If you want to hear me ramble about weird and horrific role-playing games, I'm a co-host on the Miskatonic University podcast. You can check that out at mu-podcast.com. And last but not least, I am a community ambassador for Chaos Inc. Remember the whole multi-hat thing that I was talking about? <laughs> There's so much fucking going on. Uh, I'm a community ambassador for Chaos Inc. So if you are looking to self-publish your 7th edition Call of Cthulhu playable content, please holler at your girl because I can help you out everything from resources, tools, compliance, guidelines, all of that fun stuff to take you from. I have this really cool idea for playable content to I'm actually monetizing on drive through RPG and I'm running through tiers and I'm a, you know, copper bestseller, silver, or just I'm actually published on the Miskatonic repository. So if you have any questions about that, uh, you can email me at Bridget at chaosium.com. That's Bridget. You walk across with two T's at chaosium.com. Last plug, Miskatonic repository con is happening. This is an online gaming convention dedicated to creators on the Miskatonic repository. Uh, that is going to be happening October 14th through the 16th online uh, near you. You can check that out on the Facebook page or email me and I'll get you plugged into the tabletop events link. Sweet. Ooh. 
and Oscar. Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, we are busily mailing our Terrors of October Nomicon book. Um, it's here, it's, it's here, it's here. A lot of cosmic horror in this. Um, so uh, if you don't have your copy, you will soon. If you're in the UK, um, I don't know when it's getting to you. It's the mail's problem. I'm just going to be mailing it. Um, all the international fans will be mad at me, but I mean, it's not my fault. <laughs> International mail is expensive. It takes a long time. Um, we're going to get the mailing done as quickly as we can. I do have a full-time job. Have some mercy on me. We've got another Kickstarter coming in March for the revamped new version of the Legacy of Arius Lurko. Um, Britannia and Beyond is at the um, in layout. So uh, hopefully we'll be moving swiftly towards getting that book into people's hands. And uh, Golden Goblin Press will be attending Rising Phoenix Con in, I believe, April. Um, that's going to be right outside of Boston in uh, okay. Moncton. Um, we're planning, we're hopefully going to be coming with more than just me running games. We're hoping to bring a field, a little team, and possibly even do some special events and panels. So. Uh, we were guests at the first Rising Phoenix, very well-run con. We're looking forward to it. Uh, it's probably going to be how we start our con year every year now. Mm. Uh, that'll be our first spring con of the year. So um, definitely check it out. They're already selling badges. Nice. So shout out to my Rising Phoenix crew. Sweet. And of course, we'll be running games for Legends of Tabletop, <laughs> as both as a player and a, a, a GM and hopefully be finishing up our Britannia and beyond campaign in the next few weeks Dear or months. John. <laughs> we're, we're just, we're waiting for Niels to, uh, to recover. recover and, uh, you know, get some sleep. I think he's probably like a bear right now. He's just hibernating for uh, <laughs> the next two months before he reemerges and engages with the world. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So hopefully we'll get that going. We'll finish that up. Um, Corthulhu is, is almost finished. Uh, we have a second edition coming out for that. Uh, Jesse redid all of the art. Uh, nice. I brushed it up a little bit, polished it some. Uh, I'm already thinking about a third, but that's that's way down the road. <laughs> um, I mean, that's it. If you listen, you know. Um, we, we have Patreon up. People want to support that. As I always say, if you enjoy these things and you enjoy our guests and creators, support them first because we're going to just do this anyway. So it's whatever. So go do all of the other things. <laughs> and uh, thanks for, for checking it out. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Mwah. Have a good night, guys. Have a good one. Later. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcast Network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.